This week, we bring you a man simply known as Maka. No, not that one, Fletch. A Honda Music worldwide DJ for NTS Radio, Scouser, Evertonian extraordinaire. We discuss his football, now less fashionable, the fashion within football, and football's fashion for fascism, plus music, 90s Toxteth, and more. One glove, one glove. Adam, nice of you to join us. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself for us, please, mate? Yeah, cheers for having me. Everyone knows me as Macca, except, except my mum. Um, <laughs> but calling call me, Adam's okay as well. But yeah, a, a lot of people know me as Macca, but back home I'm known for putting on um, parties and gigs and, and events, going back from, to about 2012. And then more recently in the past four years, people might know me from appearing on NTS radio, um, nationally and then in some ways globally that's where a lot of people have heard the the, 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 the scouse dulcet tones on the airwaves um, and somehow I've, I've, I've become known for my musical selections and, and uh, quips and, and, and chatting about Everton sometimes as well actually Can you, Maka, can you tell us a bit more about the Everton sort of playlist that you've got on NTS just for listeners? Yeah, yeah, so for those that don't know about what NTS radio is, it's it's, um, it's probably the most renowned gl- global radio, online radio station out there at the moment. Um, I won't go into facts and figures, um, but yeah, feel very lucky to, to be on there. Um, and, and you know, it's based in London, so as as a as a scouser, it's a real honour to to be able to represent the city um, on a on a big global platform and. You know, I, I won't shy away from the fact that, like, essentially, it is it is supposed to be a, a cool thing, <laughs> and uh, one one day I decided that, well, I didn't really think Everton were perceived as being very cool, so I'd uh, do my best to to ram it down the throats that Everton, Everton are cool, and and I did an Everton eighties special. I think it was uh, August of twenty twenty, um, and, and in fairness to to NTS as a station. They do allow you to do whatever you please and play whatever you want and to some degree say whatever you want. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's, there's episodes and, and, and shows out there that will focus on bird noises and worms. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's jazz. Yeah, niche, niche pockets of sort of undertones. Yeah, so, so it wasn't that brave of me really to do an Everton 80s special, but it felt brave at the time. I feel like there's probably more people out there, though, that maybe when they hear there's an Everton playlist going on, they might rather listen to bird sounds or worms or whatever you want to say. So, But I remember, um, so you do, you set one glove, isn't it? So whenever uh, anybody tunes into NTS, um, tell us about one glove. Why is, it, why is it called one glove? Tell us a little bit more about that. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good question. And like, like with a lot of things in, in life, I like to think they, ju- they just sort of happen. And that's how I sort of want it to be. Um, what one glove is kind of just—it means everything and nothing at all. So there's become this this low-key social media phenomenon where people now <laughs> tag me in pictures of, but well, they see singular gloves on the floor, and obviously with it being winter, there's plenty of them out there. So the season's right, and I get sent lots of messages of pictures of, of 
gloves, just lonely gloves on. And, and <laughs> in, in actual fact, I don't know if I even called it that thinking of, of of gloves, but I guess I did at the same time. But it was more just a, a, a bit of a play, a bit of a a piss take. I don't know if I can say that. Um, a bit of a, a laugh, you know, about like, it's like a nod to hip hop. So you think like one love and I was like, right, I'm going to do this thing called one glove. <laughs> and, and then and then I started thinking about things and there was like uh, a lot of sport references about wearing one gloves and I was like oh yeah I like that and I like that and then there's quite a few political references of, of, of people wearing uh, one glove and then yeah this in the past um, three or four months this low-key social media phenomenon of people sending me pictures of gloves and then apparently Tom Hanks did it as well and then I've also heard that uh, recently Sitch Music are doing something about gloves as well so it's all it's all span out of control but what a strange world but amazing <laughs> amazing phenomenon the one glove special that Mac had done on the 30th of August and um, last year if you go to nts.live and then search on there and um, it's all like 80s sort of new wave and synth pop so like soft cell china crisis flock of seagulls so it's definitely worth a listen so make sure you check it out after you've listened to the whole pod obviously yeah the the idea behind it was kind of to to celebrate the good times i suppose of when, when we when we as evertonians and as a club we're at, we're at our peak and you know it's, it's all i've ever heard about i was born in 89 um and you know that's all I've ever heard about is the mid '80s. So I thought, okay, how can I do this radio show, uh, which is a, a nod to, to my love, the you know the Blue Boys, uh, that, that will still make it appealing to just your casual you know radio listener. I think I got there in the end, and I even asked the the station uh, as recently as last week to update the photo. So there's a lovely picture of Goodison Park on the NGS <laughs> website now. Yeah, we, we spotted that on the update, didn't we? Uh, I think a couple of us said that mentioned, like, you know, you see your pictures three or four next to each other, and then there's this picture of the, the crest on Goodison Park. It's just nice, isn't it, I guess, to um, to integrate two of your loves together for your, for your I guess, well, you, you call it a job, don't you? But it's passion, really, isn't it, mate? It's something that you do you do as a career, but I, I, like you've already mentioned already, that you said you, look, you feel lucky enough to be able to do it with NTS. Your two passions kind of merged, and you've been able to to access both worlds and, and be able to put that across to the general public. Tell us about how music as a focus became something that has kind of aligned with, with, with the love of, with your love of Everton. Like when did your understanding that music and maybe even maybe Everton itself or being a scouser was integrated with each other? When, when, when do you remember the first sort of experience you've had with music? It's, it's interesting really, because if, if, I, if I was going to be honest, for, for a long time, it was quite a, a separate thing. Um, and, and, and my life in music was was, was separate from Everton. Um, you obviously have memories. I, I mean, I, I've got a couple of housemates here in London. One's from Northern Italy and the other one's from Amsterdam. And um, when, they, when they hear me singing along to the... Uh, the fake crowd noises on BT Sport and Sky <laughs> and I'm going E V R T O N and looking at me like I've lost the plot and I'm like, no, no, they, these songs are ingrained in my psyche and they make me happy. <laughs> and and it's you know, it's, it's not necessarily I don't necessarily listen listen to Here We Go, Here We Go at the same time as listening to Marvin Gay or you know, <laughs> or the Beatles, but it's still somehow goes hand in hand though though I've kind of felt it is a separate thing though 
I guess more recently, um, I, I've tried to, I, I just try to absorb as much as I can, both information and music-wise. So I'm never like satisfied with what I'm listening to. I always want to hear something else and something new, um, which is what kind of inspired the, the Everton uh, NTS show. Because I was like, right, I just want to get my head into all this new wave stuff from the 80s. And, and, and from that, you learn more other genres and other artists and other writers. Um, and then to kind of bring it all back around. So while I feel as though I grew up with Everton and music being separate, I've kind of made it my mission in the past couple couple of years that people know me as Macha, the guy who's into music and plays good music and is a, is a radio DJ. But I've been told in the past, oh, don't talk about Everton because they're not cool and that's got nothing to do with your music side. So I've kind of made it my goal to be very vocal of, oh, no, I'm an Evertonian. And as I'm sure all three of you can imagine, people hear your Scouse accent in London especially and, and across the globe, and there's this awful, awful assumption that you're a Liverpoolian. So, you know, what, what better for me than to say, oh, sorry, sorry to disappoint you, but no, actually, I'm an Evertonian. <laughs> Uh, against, against the grain, isn't it? Yeah, and, and next up is Zekas, and then <laughs> I drop that curveball on them. I find it. I find your um, your your choice of music really interesting because it sort of falls into what I was brought up in, sort of the mid eighties of sort of Alexander O'Neill, Luther Vandross. My dad's like a boomer, so but he was sort of he came out of like Merseybeat, but sort of went into. Um, 80 Soul and sort of Womack and Womack and like level 42 so there's a real mix of music I've been brought up with and it sort of feels very familiar the stuff that you play um, where does your Evertonia originally come from like where where did that is it sort of a family thing did you sort of just go one way or the other or yeah it's it's funny you say that actually Sarah because you're spot on and, and actually um, you mentioned the likes of Alexander O'Neill and, and Womack and Womack and uh, Terence Trent Darby and all, all that lot like and my, my dad, who is the Evertonian um, influence, he's also that musical influence um, for me too. Um, so as it's, uh, as it as is often the case back home in Liverpool, uh, my dad's side of the family are all blue and my mum's side are all reds. Um, I don't remember ever having a choice. <laughs> I was always going to be an Evertonian and that was what my dad wanted uh, and what, what he still wants and insists on to this day. Um <laughs> So again, it's it's that thing. I don't remember ever having a, a choice of being a blue, but I, I wouldn't have it any other way. And um, I do I do get a bit annoyed when I bump into people in London, and um, you know, people often, oh, Scouser, oh, Jurgen Klopp's great, isn't he? <laughs> to look them in the eye and you say, I'm an Evertonian, mate, and the disappointment in the face, and I, and, and you know. <laughs> They're just they're just devastated because they they're ready to tell you oh I'm this big Liverpool fan you think couldn't care less mate. It's it's interesting that you talk about um, people from outside the city sort of associating you just being a scouser with Liverpool Football Club, um, and the way that you've decided and taken upon yourself to give give Everton a platform and a different medium I guess you call it wouldn't you because. You know, we 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 love our club. Like you know, the four the four of us on here, we we love our club. But I think I think one thing we could admit is that Everton haven't done much to make themselves cool themselves, like within their own body of work. 
Um, and that's you know you know they, they play to the crowd if you want to call it that. But I feel I feel what you're doing for me, especially Maka, and and I know for the t- you know for Sarah and Sean as well is you're giving like my Everton a platform, like my Everton the way I feel as a person, my music tastes, my interests, that 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 reference into pop culture. You're 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 speaking for me as a person as well as an Evertonian, and it just meshes together when you bring in that that football and Everton elements to your personality and music. Like you can't you don't just have to love music and nothing else. You don't just have to love Everton and nothing else. There's these different pods of interest that you can have, isn't there? And you've kind of really got the really got the patch on having interests but integrating them all together. Yeah, no, it sounds like you've given me a lot of responsibility there. <laughs> <laughs> it's on you, mate. Like if we don't make Europe, it's on you, Macha. So <laughs> But 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 you you are right, and and, and I, I I do take a lot of pride in in in, be, in being yeah one being proud of the city that I'm I'm from, and and also being proud of being a blue because like you say, it's not necessarily we're not not in the spotlight as much as the other lot across the park, and we're not a global power as as we as we maybe once were, um, and and you know we're not on cool Nike adverts and things like that. Thank but, God. Yeah, and maybe you're right, Sarah. Thank yeah. God. It's so cringy sometimes, isn't it? I find it so fabricated and false sometimes. You know. Sorry, Sean. Yeah. On the flip side of that, though, like I look at like the marketing machine that is like Man United and what they did. Let's this just example like Paul Pogba when he was announced, they brought in Stormzy, and not to say like no offense, Macca, but you're not like the international fame of Stormzy, but. You've got a platform there with NTS, and I know you're laughing at me saying that. But like Everton could really tap into something special there, and I think when you do merge those different cultures, um, like exciting things can happen. You're seeing it with kits now these days, like a lot of like independent designers and stuff, and that indie feel to things. And I think like hopefully someone at the club is listening, and like I think you're a great platform, and I'm sure I'm I won't speak on behalf of you, but like it'd be great to see Everton maybe reach out to you and maybe kind of collaborate on something with you in the future whether it's a player signing or throwing on events or like long-term future look if we do move into a new ground like having like resident djs and stuff and like changing the sort of thought and narrative of what uh, an evertonian is and like you say you're out in london everyone thinks you're a, a copite or whatever but there's more to there's more to liverpool and the city like and it's steeped in rich history of like music culture art fashion all those types of things and i think it's we're not tapping into it at the minute and um i'd love to see like someone like yourself kind of be a leader and obviously in your field um for the club and i do sometimes um consider drop dropping everton a line and just just putting it out there and seeing seeing if they can they could handle like that kind of it is a bit of a niche idea um uh, how, how would the how would the club roll with with that proposal? Um, mm-hmm. I have I have had some exposure to this. Uh, I'll try and keep it as anonymous as I can. Um, a couple of years back, was involved in a bit of a photo shoot actually uh, as part of the kit launch. A couple of years back, and a friend of mine was working on on the on the project as a freelancer. And he said, "I wanna, I wanna, I wanna take pictures of businesses all around Goodison Park, and 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 tap into all the businesses, and and, and um, instead of having, you know, your star player wearing the home shirt, 
I want the home shirt in the local pubs on County Road, uh, maybe the odd barbershop. So he had to really fight for that. I'm probably not supposed to tell her for this information, but he had to really fight for that to, to happen. Um, and as it turned out, we managed to make it happen and we got a, a bit of a photo shoot going in, in my dad's barbershop, which is in, in Walton. Um, and as I say, it was, a, it was a struggle to convince the club and the, and the, and the brand involved at the time to, to do that. Um, and they didn't bother including any other businesses in, in, in that kind of project which I think is a, is a real shame. Um, so, somebody, a, cre- a creative, unquote, unquote, who's from Liverpool, at, at, wants to tap into the local community and the big brands that be said, not really that interested. I think it's important that you do highlight these things and I'm, I, I'll let Sean sort of carry on. For, but I do. I personally think it's really important that you do speak about these things and have an experience that so thanks for sharing yeah i'm of the same ilk as well and like like i've seen like liverpool more recently with their marketing with a kit like using like people from the local community and probably some models as well don't get me wrong but and their size is another one um um, and everyone knows who size is in liverpool on bold street there the trainer store um but what they've done with their city series for example like going to johannesburg was the most recent one and uh, expressing sort of like adidas size and this trainer collaboration and like it it sells doesn't it like they've done it with liverpool they've done it with uh stuttgart i think as well um, and it's really cool and i just think like i'd love to see everton do something like that really yeah I, I'm, I'm very lucky again and i know that i know the people that worked on on all those projects with lfc um just as i'm and i was like involved in a couple of years back with, with everton um and yeah it, it's it's frustrating to see them lot doing it. What do you think it is that holds Everton back from that? And what do you think it is that makes obviously Liverpool have got silverware behind them and the global this global phenomenon that we're all living through that they are now, um, and the assumption that we're all copied um, mm-hmm. Liverpool fans. Um, that never used to be like that, but it is whether it's to do with the media now, this whatever it is. Um, what it, what is it you think that stops Everton from doing that? I'm, I'm going to say something controversial and I, I think it's the fact that, as we've as we've touched upon, people don't think the city of Liverpool when you say Everton. And, and that, that does, I don't, I'm not talking about the, the local northwest p- people who support Everton. I'm talking globally and even nationally. You say Everton Football Club and the city of Liverpool is not the first thing they think of. You say Liverpool Football Club and they think of the city. So for Liverpool to have a big brand like Nike involved, they they have they've absolutely bastardized the city of Arsenal. They've they've drained it for all it's worth. It's like, yeah, we're the we we've got scousers in all our and they've done good things as well, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But they've got scousers involved and the, and all the photography is done on the streets of Liverpool. Um, and I, I don't think Everton sort of see that, that where it where I don't think the people who run Everton know where they sit within that part. You know, are we are we the city of Liverpool enough or are we just the people's club? Is it dated, do you think then? Are you saying that are Everton's still dated? Because I think we're dated, aren't we? I think it is, Sarah. And and 
to give you one example, and, and to some degree you can understand this, but on one of the photographs in my dad's barbershop, there was a bit of a issue because uh, one of the, my dad has, it's a very old barbershop, and there was a little bit of red in the background. And the club said, oh, there's too much red in the background. It's this, um, it's like we've mentioned before, like about this tribalism feel to a lack of open-mindedness to different cultures at the club. Um, and it's interesting, you've touched on a couple of times there about how people outside the city view view Everton as a whole. What's your experiences living in London as a northerner, um, specifically maybe um, in, in regards to that divide of how people perceive the sport and how people perceive the club? Is there still that stereotype um, outside of the city about not particularly Liverpool and Everton, but just people of the city. And then when you mention you're an Evertonian, does the stereotype drop off a little bit? Did they have like sympathy? Like I get living in Manchester, <laughs> like it's just sympathy. It's like, oh, it's, it, it does what it feels like. You know, what, what's your experiences of being a northerner in London? And is it still playing into that political side of Liverpool as a city? Do they see you as like sometimes like as a political figure just because of where you're from? Um, that's, for me, an interesting, an, in, an interesting proposition for you to challenge as well. Yeah, uh, no. To be honest with you, Dave, one hundred percent. That whole north south divide is still very much there. Um, you you mention or you're heard you're heard that you're from Liverpool or a Scouser, Scouser, and there's it's not all bad. I have to say, it's not all bad. Um, I, I and you know. That that tribal nature that we do have as 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 Liverpoolians and Scousers is um, is 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 great as well, and and it's it's acknowledged very often. Um, I, I I get stopped in in the streets a lot on a very much like oh, where are you from Liverpool? That's that I they I think that's great. People say to you, and you're like, sand. That's I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great too. Actually, yeah. funnily enough, though. Don't get me wrong. You still there's still there's still negative stuff as well. Um, it, it happens. Um, still, you know, I'll turn up to a five side game, and you still people still say calm down, calm down, and you're like, <laughs> wow, that yeah. that as if you really like have we not moved on? So there's plenty of people that haven't moved on from that stigma of the mm. that you know came out of the eighties, especially of of. Was being the butt of people's jokes, and, and and to be to be honest with you, I'm the first to to shoot it down very quickly, actually, and I don't really mess around with that, and I don't really entertain it in any way. Um, you, you mentioned about the the the, the people assuming I'm a live I'm a Liverpool fan. Unfortunately, when you do tell people, oh, I'm actually an Evertonian, like you like you mentioned, Dave, they they, they take pity on you. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and 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 often it's, it 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 kills the conversation. So yeah. I'll be I'll, I've been in many an Uber and uh, <laughs> getting a lift home off said fella from said European nation, and he starts telling me about oh Liverpool listening, and I, and you know what I haven't even got the energy to tell him I'm an Evertonian sometimes because otherwise, otherwise I'll end up going the other way because I, I remember one time this fella just went on at me and on at me about Liverpool and, and I went mate. I don't care as far as I'm concerned you're a glory hunter you know like you chose a club that's 
oh, I didn't choose a club that's successful. What you? I said, what are you on about? He went, I've supported Liverpool since Michael Owen was there. And I, I looked at him and I went, I'm sure you've won about 18 trophies to the one, to the one that we've won since Michael Owen played. In fact, it was, you know what I mean? And I, and I, yeah. And, 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 I, and I, it's, it's bad, but it gets, 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 really gets to me, you know. It's interesting, though, as is, is, um, you've mentioned about when you go play five-a-side in London. And I'm assuming London's multicultural, isn't it? It's, it's lots of people from lots of different places. It's not as insular as other, as other cities. But I can imagine there is still, um, and you've mentioned there's still that north-south divide, even though there's, it's more global as a city. Seems like it is more of like an inch, like an insular um, judgment from people north of the Wofford Gap, if you want to call it that. Like it's not very north, is it? But you know, north of the north of the Wofford Gap. So, what the, what is the difference in playing culture? Because I because my my understanding of living outside of Liverpool, you know, Sean in Toronto, uh, Sarah just well, pretty much just outside the city centre. It's different everywhere you go, and I get a lot of sort of luck because of. I won't call it an aggressive nature, but a competitive nature when you play. Is that the same down in London when you play five a side? Because I know you play for the gun as well. Um, how do people take you and your mannerisms whilst you're playing? So it's four, four <laughs> years I've been in London now, and uh, t- to be honest with you, getting involved in in the in the grassroots football scene down here has been the best thing I've ever done. On, on a par with with the music, really, I have to admit. Um, and I and I got involved with with a local team called the Gun who play Sunday League, um, and I also met a couple of local Hackney lads. I, again, it was sort of someone I knew through music said, "Oh, we are Macher. I can get you a game with these lads. You might like it." So I went down. First thing I realised was, "Wow, they've got good good astro turf down here. <laughs> wherever you wherever you go, the the pitches are immaculate." And 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 that blew my mind. And then instantly I was like, well, it's, it's, "This is different." And then when you start playing, maybe you might as well be in Brazil. Like the techers some of these lads have got <laughs> on display. It's like ah, uh, it's it's chalk and cheese from what from what we know it from, well, at least what I know it, in grassroots football, which was always like, do your bread and butter and leave one in on the, on that number eight who's running the show. <laughs> Whereas the the lads generally down here and the women are, are, are just. They've got techers for the, like that. They've got skills I've never seen before, and and they're all about putting on a show. And um, it's it's de- it was definitely an eye opener. And and there's a there's a whole different approach to to the to the grassroots game down here. That's fascinating, um, that isn't it? It's just it, even it really just a is. couple of hundred miles away, and it's different culture. I mean, incredible though, isn't it? And 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 to be honest, I have to admit I've been welcomed with open arms, and I, there's a there's a few. I have to shout out a guy called Pete Blackwell. Um, Pete Blackwell and Alan Bond. And Pete's, Pete's a, a guy who runs pretty much... If you want a game of football, Pete Blackwell's the go-to guy in Hackney for a game of football. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's, he's introduced me to so many people. And, and you know, while some, some people will poke a bit of fun at you being from Liverpool in, in jest, for the most part, they're all absolutely made up to, to have me involved because... Maybe I fit the the cliche 
Scouse, Scouse type of, of oh god, almost in a Carragher mould. Dare I say it? <laughs> of, of being a of being a gobby little. You're the token Scouser, yeah. are you? Or being a go- gobby little get on the on, you know on the left hand side, just just call him. That's what position you play. Well, as I've got older, I've I've retreated to to left back. Um, <laughs> But but you know, I, I've, I've, yeah, I, I, I'm in that mold of Leighton, and and I like, I like, at least I like Can to think so. Yourself? Yeah, I like to think so. Um, but and I, you know, and again, it's similar to what we were talking about with the music and, and talking about being an Evertonian. I play on the football pitch, and I want people to know, oh, there's a scouser on pitch S S11. <laughs> You can hear, yeah, from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> from another postcode. I was going to ask because, like, again, we touched on it a little bit earlier. The like, like I'm from the Ellesmere Port, and then I, after uni, me and Dave played consistently in Liverpool at grassroots on a Saturday, and it's very competitive, and I love that. Like, I'm all for that. I love getting yeah. stuck in and whatnot. And does that obviously look like it can get a bit rough sometimes? <laughs> I'm going to say, and like edgy. And um, is that like that in London when you're playing? <laughs> Um, and obviously we had very few our club was very welcoming of like foreign students and stuff which was great for us because we'd have like loads of different international players sort of coming into the team is that obviously I imagine there's a lot of that in London right oh that yeah I mean yeah you play you play with all nationalities creeds and colors and and it, and, it, and that is beautiful in it, in its own way um I do I do think it's it's a more physical game up north I, I really do um don't get me wrong. There's 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 been flashpoints on on Hackney Marshes where I play, and I've seen a few few moments of thought. I'm oh, not not really having. I'm not really into that. But that's more just a couple of idiots, kind of, you know, who want to cause trouble. Ag- aggro, yeah. Whereas, but if we're talking about within the game generally, the the tackles are well are much much harder in in up north than than I, than I see them. Basically, basically, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's soft down here. They're all soft. <laughs> as, you'd, like, as you'd expect. It's Too like, easy, um, easy, isn't it? It's like stereotypes, being... Stereotypes, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mac, Mac is avoiding stereotypes by listing everything that he is. <laughs> oh. It's uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like being northern in London. It's kind of like the new bourgeois, isn't it? It's like... Um, it's like you, you, you sort of stand out a little bit and, and you, you're happy to say where you're from. It's kind of like a Parisian going elsewhere in France. It's like they did the Parisian. They want everybody to know the Parisian, and they don't care whether you've even asked. They just tell you the Parisian. Like there's no, it, it's in, and I can imagine you just walking down the street on the way to, and you know, on the way to train a shop or something like that, and just, just sort of people overhearing your conversation and and, and turning an eye and realizing like people from the north are are artistic, are cultural. They have interest outside of of what people would stereotype us into, but at the same time, the, you know we do fit those stereotypes a little bit, and 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 sometimes we have to embrace that. And and you, you pointed on before about Everton, maybe being a bit behind on 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 that. It's as if they're embracing that wrong stereotype of traditionalism a bit too much, and they're not embracing the stereotype of of what is people from Liverpool is outgoing, is social, is caring about the community. Is caring about the businesses in their community, um, and I, and I, and I always that what you mentioned there about um, the story about when you you know your dad's barbershop always reminds me of that Torres advert that Liverpool had, and 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 and, and it, it pains me to say it it was such a good advert like and and it was so good and and it makes you think to yourself like they've grabbed the ball by the horns 
and said, and they've they've put they they were the first people to put their flag globally as being from this community, and we missed the boat on that. And we, we're playing catch up a little bit, and it'd be great for you to bring your sort of experiences back up north and involve that with the club, which is kind of what we're trying to do as a whole and as a collective. We're trying to just give people a voice who've had experiences outside the city or within the city where they don't feel represented by the club and give them that voice and maybe somebody will be listening, maybe somebody isn't, but maybe there's some of our listeners might think, oh, I'll have a go at that. Um, so it, it, it's something that is, especially to us, very, like we, we recognise your sort of opinions and we recognise your feelings about that. Yeah, and 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 it's funny because I I recognise what you guys were doing. So that that when you guys contacted me, I was already aware of what you were doing. So you're like, ah, there's a synergy here. What what? Some something something right is happening. Um, and it's just a case of, oh, does does Everton as a business or a club, want to want to want to do something with that? Um, do you know? <laughs> Just to play devil's advocate a little bit, some days I sit there and think, when will we change our name to Everton of the City of Liverpool? <laughs> yeah, so people actually realise where we're from. We we cater to we cater to our match day goers, don't we? That that's it, really. That's what it seems. We cater to our season ticket holders and our match day goers and the people who live within L four. Um, and I notice that, and you notice that. Sean notices that. Sarah specifically notices that being in the city. Um, that she sees that within the city centre, it is there's very little Everton, and and especially anywhere outside London. I mean, Toronto, as far as Toronto and Manchester, I drive back to Liverpool, and you, you you've literally got to get to like the rocket at the end of the flyover for any noticeability that Everton exists within the city. It's very interesting, and I want to pick up pick up on a point that you made earlier. Um, You've told us before, and you've sort of openly said that you're willing to talk about this a little bit, Maka, so we're going to throw you into it, is that as much as we make fun of them, you don't you don't mind the Reds. You, you, you kind of like, you put up with them. Like, you don't have this, you, you don't, you have this dislike to them, but you don't have this bitterness towards them, is it, that, that we're supposed to have. Um, and tell us a little bit about why you don't have that, Maka. Okay, um, it's true. Yeah, it's absolutely true. One of my friends down here actually, he's a, he's an Arsenal fan, and he said recently we were, we, I was chatting with some of his mates, and uh, they, they, they they Liverpool had lost. They were like, "Oh, you must be made up, Macca. And I was like, "Eh, whatever." And they were like, "Weird." And then my mate Barry stepped in and went, "No, no, Macca's a fan of the city before he is of of, of any club." And I was like, oh, "No, I'm a, I'm an Evertonian, but." I, I I love I do love the city and, and to be honest with you, I've got enough friends and family who support Liverpool, the FC. That them winning makes my friends and family happy, which therefore kind of pleases me a little bit as well. And like, um, and and even from God, like an economic standpoint. I sit there and, 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 you know, you see Liverpool lifting trophies and, and, and I, I can see it, it, it actually does improve the, the, the look of, the, of, of, of Liverpool, the city. And um, I, I'll, I'll say on record, you know, as, as I say, but one of my best friends, Craig, who actually lives around the corner from Sean in Toronto and uh, a few other pals of mine, Pat, another pal Hi, called Craig. Paddy. 
<laughs> they they're both Reds and and um, best friends of mine. And at 2005, Liverpool win the European Cup, and I went down to watch the uh, parade in with Craig in 2005. And then what was it? 2019, they win it again, and I went down to the parade with a pint in hand with Paddy. Um, why did I do that? Well, because I was having a pint with me, mate. Yeah. I wasn't going to hide away, it, it, you know. I thought you were going to say you kept on walking down into the Mersey <laughs> and then just went over, so you stopped before you got that far. <laughs> but, but but this the thing, like, my dad would have done that. But my dad, so my, my, dad, my dad hid away. He said, oh, terrible, awful day. I, I, went, in, I went into town and, and, I, and, I, and I thought, I'm going to soak up this, this carnival atmosphere. And don't get me wrong, when they, when they drive past, I am looking at Jürgen Klopp thinking, do on you. <laughs> but for the most part, you think I'm thinking, well, look at this spectacle that's going. Look at there's hundreds of thousands of people lining the streets in our city celebrating something that that you know represents us. I, I'm all right with it. Yeah, and like to, on that point as well, like I've got loads of mates who are bloody staunch Liverpool fans, whatever, and like like my best mates, uh and again, I've got similar sort of experiences. I didn't go to the parade, though. I went just to a pub to watch the final in 2005 with some of my mates, and I was only 15, so I was getting pints and stuff, like, a bit underage. But um, Sierra's talked about this previously, like, in reference to the 80s, which kind of, like, again, like links to that that time when you've done that playlist and that Scouse Defiance, as Sarah once said it. Like, I'm stealing her words there a little bit, and... Um, sort of how unifying that was for a cup final and like stories of like my dad going down to the final with friends like blues and reds and like celebrating sort of the city and in a time where like a lot politically was going on and the city was under a lot of strain at that moment and we've discussed again on here like what else could like we could on from both sides of Stanley Park like how much more demanding um, we could be as fans to have want more for the communities uh, with the guys, uh, forgive me if I've said the name wrong, but like Dave Kelly said, who does the food bank stuff, like again, like for the clubs to come together for the community as well, especially in the current climate. Uh, and like you see on the recent sort of Spurs documentary at the start of the pandemic, like the work that they're doing out the stadium and stuff like that. And I think using the music and bringing all these elements together um, to unify people, not divide people. There's a lot of that going on at the minute, and I think it's so powerful. Like, again, for any old copites who uh, <laughs> went to games in the 80s or whatever, like, listen to, like, that music and stuff, and it takes people back to those moments, right, and those memories, and that's so important for that those stories for us to hear, for, like, us to share with the next generation, and, uh, like, I hope we're, we're working towards kind of progressing in that sort of light. It doesn't need to be this button of heads all the time. You know... My mum and dad tell me about the, the mid-80s and my mum and dad, before I was born, went to, to Wembley together, sat next to each other as a blue and a red in a relationship. And then, you know, you got you fast fast forward to, I must have been about 14, and me and my dad went and watched the derby and we sat in the the, the, the Liverpool end because my dad got tickets off one of us. We said, go ahead, we'll, we'll sit in Liverpool end. We got spat on. And my dad said he'd never do it again. And, like, fair enough, you wouldn't want your 14-year-old lad getting spat at. Maka, do you, do you think, though, um, that's 
era culture opposed to the change of football. So do you think it's the fan culture? Because you've got a, quite a prominent story in regards to when you've been to the game. Um, and, and it's sort of, it's a bit sombre, isn't it? It's not the most sort of happy story that, that you, you you would want to tell, but it is poignant and it does relate into that fan culture and, and you sitting in, 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 in a stadium and having an experience that you've, you've maybe thought... This isn't for me anymore. This watching football live, um, and you've mentioned previously to us that you actually know rather you'd rather play than watch. Um, can you can you enlighten us as to as to what that is, please, Adam? Yeah, and I, you are right. I think I've got to a point where I would rather play. Well, until my legs give out, I would rather play <laughs> than, than watch at the moment. Um, and you know, I've got there's a few there's a few points to make here. Um, you know, I was a season ticket holder back in the day as a kid. I was I was Everton mad, um, and I, and I used to sit in the top balcony and and, I, and there was a few things I remembered. And one thing I remember growing up was I was always into like a pair of trainees that were maybe a little bit too loud or a, a coat or a jacket that was a bit loud. And first thing I noticed was oh, I don't quite fit in with somebody that that fella's looking at me a bit for a bit long there and I remember being at Crystal Palace away a couple of years ago and I walk up to go to the toilet and I've got my clear framed glasses on and some fella goes ah, ha, ha, look at that it's Jürgen Klopp and then half, half these Evertonians are laughing their heads off at me like, oh mate it's just because I've heard of glasses I'm Jürgen Klopp so there's things like that and then um a couple of what is it now? 2016. I had the, the the girl, my girlfriend at the time. She she was actually from Amsterdam, so I had no real knowledge of Everton, or, or you know, in in any real way. And we got to the semi final of the of the FA Cup against United, and um, managed to get two tickets. Can't remember how someone pulled some strings, and uh, I thought my girlfriend at the time was. She's mixed race. And I thought, I'd love to take my girlfriend the match. And I'm thinking, well, even better, take her to Wembley. Show show showcase, you know, occasion. Um so took took her to Wembley and the, the, I don't I can't I, I almost can't describe it, but the moment that we that we got there, I just felt eyes burning into us from fellow Evertonians. Um, and I felt the, these looks from other people that almost I just read the faces almost like that's that black girl at the match and I you know some people might say I'm reading into it wrong but for the first time ever I felt almost what it must be like to go the game um, as an other uh, as someone that doesn't like almost can't blend in Um and you know, if people can challenge me if they like, but I felt something that day when I when I took my girlfriend to, to, to the to the semi final uh, that suggested that some people aren't that comfortable seeing uh, women or or people of colour at the match. Like again, like like you said there, like like you like whatever people want to challenge things like that but you experience that and like there's certain there's a thing to like there's so much to be said isn't there about being in that moment and like understanding there's definitely an understanding from there from yourself and um like again like i know sarah will probably go on to say she had some similar experiences with different um 
situations at, at Goodison as well. And it's it's like until you bring this other person in, that's very important in your life that kind of highlights somewhere where you may have just turned a blind eye to it in the past. And it's like, how does that impact the rest of that group growing up in that area, whether it's the Lower Gladys, the Top Balcony, Park End, like it's it's really not acceptable, is it? And like, like people should be, like it's every, every person who goes to the game should be acting to stamp those types of things out, right? Not just turning a blind eye because it's the easy thing to... Yeah, no... Um... I mean, I have to I have to say, like in that in that experience, not no no words were exchanged or anything like that. It, it was it was purely a feeling, which is almost more impactful in itself. Because mm. um, because at the end of the day, I'm still a, a white a white man, and I felt that on my girlfriend's behalf. So, God knows what she was feeling at the time, and God knows what any other person who doesn't fit into my demographic feels when they go to the game. And um, so to say, it was just a feeling. Um, and as, as as I mentioned, it's one of a few times where I've thought, oh, maybe I don't quite fit in uh, with this 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 demographic of people going the match at the moment. Um, it doesn't doesn't make me lo- love Everton any less. Um, it maybe just changes. Uh, my priorities and how, and how I go about support and Everton, maybe. Is it, does it make you maybe think maybe they don't fit in with you and and that I'd like to think now, with especially with the Black Lives Matter movement coming in and sort of, you know, putting itself in people's faces as it quite rightly should, mm-hmm. do you think that we should make those people feel uncomfortable that maybe looked at you that day and, and sort of weed them out? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I absolutely think think that we should, um, and I and I and I, I'm happy to say as a, again as a as a young man, I've heard I've heard people say racist things about about players, players that then ten minutes later they've cheered because they've just scored a goal, <laughs> um, mm. and probably as as a as a seventeen year old kid I didn't know how to to approach that. Whereas now I don't think I'd hesitate to say something does this i think it's in all, all forms of society over the last sort of it's been growing for for a period of time whether it's since 2010 since 2015 it's it's this if you don't look like me and i don't mean just in terms of how you look physically i mean in terms of how, if you don't relate to me in the way you dress and the music you listen to you're different than i am and that and and that's a problem to me and and I feel there is that there's that it's some people are still stuck in that mindset of you like that music so um, I don't like you because you like that music or what is this shit you're listening to what would just listen to the stuff that I want to listen to or you don't look like me so you shouldn't be coming to the game like we, we, you know or Sarah's experienced that you are not a male so why are you sat in the lower gladders and 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 football is a multicultural and a and a, and a multifaceted thing. Everybody's got their own way of loving football, and you don't have to go to the game every week to be in love with football. You know, if if your priority is now, you know, doing a DJ set on a Friday night, which means you can't go to the game on a Saturday, doesn't mean you love Everton any less. That's your Everton. That's the way you experience Everton Football Club. You know, and bringing bringing that open and highlighting that experience you've had there, Maka, I think. 
it's poignant that people know it happens and it, whether they don't, don't see it or whether they don't know they see it it's poignant that people do experience that and it isn't all just go in the game 90 minutes off you go with the family back in the car it's not it's not like that for every person um and like you said as a as a white male i i very rarely have those experiences and, and sarah specifically has had those experiences more than us and you've been in the in an eye-opening experience haven't you where you've experienced something that maybe you wouldn't have if you wouldn't have gone the game um or you know to that particular game at that particular time lots of things fit into place don't they maybe if you would have gone into a different section of the stand you never would have experienced that but everybody's an individual and i think that should be should be encouraged to be that way everybody should bring their evidence to the game and if you don't have to you don't you don't have to just sit in one section of the ground to be an evertonian to be a loyal evertonian yeah to like on some of Dave's points there in, in, in like using your experience Maka it's important to just talk about these things and just be, make people aware especially the younger fans like like this systemic sort of racism if we can call it like which is what it is isn't it like it, like you shouldn't be continuing and unless we talk about it and bring it to the forefront then like like we've got to be proactive as a fan base in changing it one person at a time and if that's what it takes that's what it takes but if anything, we just want to make people aware of these things and what they're saying to, may impact someone, like who they might not even see, like around them, and like just be conscious of what you're doing and what example you set as an Evertonian. Yeah, no, it's it's in, it's as I say, a lot of people won't even have given it any thought, but and I, maybe I hadn't really, and then in that moment, because I was with this woman who I loved at the time, I felt every 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 like bit of it. And it was horrible, um, and and you know we, we, we were saying oh, probably today, after everything that's gone on, and with things like the players taking a knee before the game, which I'm a bit conflicted about, but ultimately it's 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 a good thing. Um, I think there's more and more people that would speak out and say something to someone at the match if they were uh, saying anything untoward. Um, but I, I do sometimes wonder what what's the next step. Um, what what will Everton do? And I, you know, I don't, I don't, not something we necessarily have to discuss today. But I, kind of something that I wanted to throw at you guys actually is maybe something to explore in in the future. Um, I, I was I was reading the Athletic a few months back, and I read an article about a, a man I'd never even heard of in my life before called Cliff Marshall who was one of the only black players to play for Everton in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and I read it and I was thinking, how do I not know this? Why, why is it 2020 and I'm only reading about this fella's experience playing for Everton now? Mm-hmm. The guy, was he was from Liverpool by all accounts, from South Liverpool, and I've never heard his name in my life. There's a fantastic and, shot of him running past the cathedral. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that black and white shot? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, and and do you know what? When I read the article, um, it's funny actually because we were talking about how I should promote my uh, my other endeavours, and I've got this record label I've set up with all my other things that I do with One Glove and NTS. And this this EP we've launched is about it's it, the premise is about oh, South God. Liverpool. And at one point, at one point, I wanted to message that the lad who's put this EP out and be like. Forget everything we were gonna do for the art. I don't care what we were gonna do for the art. I just want to put Cliff Marshall on the on the twelve inch of this of this EP because yeah. I read I read I read I read his experience and I was like, wow, I want I want to 
I want to find out more about this man. But yeah, it's something that I think we should all explore. And why 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 don't we know about him? Yeah, it, it's poignant, isn't it? Like we've got you know around Goodison, I know it's to highlight the fact that we've got holes in the walls and stuff. But around Goodison, we've got that banner, haven't we? Of those success, th- those periods in time, like you know ninety five and then two thousand and one. Some of these signs for Everton and. Nothing against any players, but it it would not surprise me if Mark Pembridge was on there somewhere. At, but 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 there's not these poignant moments in time, you know. The, the, well, there is. But they're, they're, they're there poignant is, yeah. moments to Everton. To Everton, yeah, not club, to society. Not to, not society. To society. Why the, the bigger picture? There's a bigger picture there. Football isn't to that to that to that to that fella. Football is probably everything. Football was everything, but. To the to other black people in the seventies, it probably wasn't the football that was poignant of him making appearances for Everton Football Club. It was the representation of him and who he represented as a person, and it was somebody to idolise and somebody to say, "You and and it is it works both positive and negative." But you look like me, and I don't have anybody like that. So, I if you can do it, I can do it. Like and and it is that thing, isn't it? That representation. Yeah, there's like definitely a responsibility from Everton's point, like 100%. They control the narrative and they should be looking at these for these moments and educating the fan base. Like they talk about like joining the anti-racism movements in the league and stuff, which is great, like all for that stuff and stamping it out. But yeah, using those moments that are in their own history right underneath them to educate people in the area and um, all these different cultures, like they're, they're just missing out so much on it. Like it... I, th- I think crazy. they yeah they create their own heritage don't they and we all have like it's a timeline isn't it and that's just how it goes but it, it needs to change even in this article which i've just got off now it, it says in se- 1975 cliff marshall became the club's second black player uh, he was long regarded as the first due to predecessor mike treb trebilco yeah he was the second black player to score in an fa cup final and he scored two for us and I think the first was a guy called Bill Perry of Blackpool in 53. Scored twice in the FA Cup final in 66. Mm. Uh, But but he wasn't necessarily seen as the first black player due to misinterpreted mixed black heritage. (laughs) And you're thinking, this this guy scored two goals for us in the 66 Cup final. Great goals as well. So... So what 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 what's that? Is our history being whitewashed? Because because I certainly never knew that. It's funny. I don't I don't like to use certain example as the average Evertonian. Her history niche history knowledge is like your niche music knowledge, Macca. It's, <laughs> it's 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 depth is like beyond anything that I I understand. So um, I'm I'm with you, and I'm sure Sean is. I, I've never. You know, I, I, I class myself as a diehard Evertonian. I, and I, I could, you know, I was that lad as a kid who all my dad's mates used to be like, oh, tell David to list you some player who plays for Ipswich. I could do that. I couldn't tell you who he was. I couldn't I, I couldn't tell you who he was. And it's it's a, um, it's a close-mindedness to me. That's what it feels like. It's a, does it, is it sellable? Is it merchandisable? How do we change that then? Like David always hones, hones in on the fact that everything, every statement that you make is political, and I agree with that. I think, I think it's important that the right statements are made by the club because I think they represent all of us, and we're all different, aren't we? So, so how do we, how do we make them represent all of us? Um. That's a big question. Sorry, it's a hot, yeah. I wasn't really <laughs> directing it. Yeah, but. No, no, it's, it's uh, but but I do think 
while while something like what I'm going to suggest doesn't solve any problems, right? But for example, all four of us now could get off this podcast and send Everton an email saying, next Black History Month or whatever, you should have on the front of your programme a historic Black Everton player with a story about them in there. So, Mm -hmm. all right, again, we've not solved any problems, but we're making people aware of the success stories of these people who contributed to the history of the club. You know, you're not not really asking that much of them, really, are you? It's it's not like you're asking them to go out and do some million-pound marketing campaign. It's... It's just acknowledging that people copy and paste the athletic yeah. article. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 um it, there's 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 probably a, a list of things that we would all want Everton to do, isn't there, in regards to making those changes and, and we started the pod off with with those points, didn't we really? That Everton maybe are feeling a little bit behind at the times and 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 you've you've brought that up, uh Macher, about that lack of representation for that individual. How do you feel Everton represents you now? So we're, we're, to close, we've started the conversation that you've said you you know you you, you love you've, through the through the conversation you love Everton. It didn't change how much you loved Everton, but how do you feel Everton represents you now as an individual and and the growth you've had in the last ten or fifteen years since you since you were going the game and and you've moved down to London? Has it changed a little bit for you? It 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 has changed. I actually. You know, for the first time, I don't really know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I actually, I I almost, I feel like my relationship with Everton will always be um, somewhat difficult Um, for all the reasons that we've discussed. And uh, sometimes you feel close to the club and other times you feel a million miles away from it. And you know, I've had proud moments. Things like having me photo taken in my dad's barbershop as part of the kit launch was like a proud moment. And mm-hmm. the whole family were, were over the moon about it, which on one hand it's great, but on the other hand, like, it's just just a business. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then, and then you know, when I think about things like on the pitch, because ultimately I, I watch it because I like football, in it, Like I support everything because I like football. So... When I look at Carlo Ancelotti, for some strange reason, I feel like he represents me more than other people have. And I can only hope that when he had that cup in his hand, when we went 5-4 up against Tottenham, that that was like an espresso or a cappuccino. <laughs> and not a Bovril, because I'd never Probably drink Bovril. Bovril. Won it. <laughs> it probably was Bovril, but I hope it was a cappuccino. Definitely. Yeah. Um, with you touching on that, you know, saying it was important to your family, but maybe not necessarily so important to you in in a way. I think football in in the city it's so integral, isn't it? It's it's part of of your upbringing for me. It was anyway, and I think for all of us. It, and it's funny because we we are a city of immigrants, and it, since the beginning of time, you know, we, and I don't understand how. Maybe I think Everton haven't maybe clocked onto that yet, and and. We've missed the boat, like we've said before, and I think there's a stagnation and Liverpool have had that opportunity to sort of um, revolutionise themselves, you know, because they've, they've been able to win things and got new fans and then new fans have come in again and it's sort of, 
I mean, in a sense, to the local community, whether it's good or bad, it's, it mixes things up, doesn't it? And I don't think we've ever had that opportunity to to change as a fan base, have we, or a club? Yeah, no, I think that's a really interesting point. And if you think about it, little things like, it's not that long ago since we had our first foreign manager. Mm-hmm. I think, it was, was it Roberto Martinez? Is, that the, is he the first? And then if you think... Liverpool had Julia a long time ago. Little things like that, you, you, you think, are we a bit behind the times? <laughs> <laughs> it's stagnation, isn't it? Yeah, it, It's that like that representation that you change as an individual as you've moved from being a teenager into your 30s, Adam. Um, but your club hasn't changed at all. Uh, not only have they not won anything in the time since you were a teenager to being, there, to being in your early 30s, but also... They've not they've not made steps to move in the direction that maybe they what they, they want to be taking us on board with them. It feels like they kind of uh, are okay with just having um, cookie cutter fans, and I don't want to sort of belittle anybody who uh, fits into a mold or representation. But they want forty thousand fans who are traditionalists, and there's nothing wrong with being traditionalist, but variety is fantastic and like, <laughs> having is. different people having different people in a group if everybody was the same man the pub would be boring wouldn't it like God. it really would and this podcast would be boring it probably is for the, some of the listeners and if you got this far it obviously isn't because it's like 55 minutes in so but Thanks, if man. everybody was the same it would just yeah <laughs> if everybody was the same it would just be boring and and Agreed. you're a different type of Evertonian and and your interests are different, and you you edu- you know you, your you, NTS educates me on my music taste. I'm similar to you. I want to I want to know new new artists. I want to listen to new music. I, I'll spend an hour listening to music I've never heard before. I might like some of it. I might not like it, but I've tried it, and that for me is the most important thing. Um, Sarah touched on earlier, and I want to just finalise um, one thing is that on your you, you know your, the EP that you've got coming out. Um, you can plug it now. This is I'm going to sort of give you the little bell that I'm ringing in. I'll make this is where you can plug it. Um, but you've got you've got a you've you've got that Toxteth image on 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 the on the cover, haven't you? Um, why, mate? Why why is that? Why that? Why that image? And and anybody who hasn't seen it, this is your chance to Google it and have a look into it, or buy it, or you know, back it. Yeah. So so again, you know, just as doing a radio show and things like that just kind of happened <laughs> naturally. Uh, I got to a point and I was like, you know what, the next thing I want to do is set up a record label. Um, you know, I've got I've got, the, I've got a platform there and I've got contacts and the first thing I wanted to do was work with someone from the city. That was that was imperative. That whatever I did on the record label, the first release would come out of the city. Um, and I spent a lot of time in the in the south of Liverpool and it probably informed more of my tastes than the north of Liverpool did. Um my dad's barbershop is in is in Walton, but I went to school in South Liverpool. Um and I've seen the the, the very different demographics between North and South Liverpool. Um it's almost a different city. And as I say, that that, that side of the city is informed me as much as anything else so then this this project that i worked on which is called Southside park ep with 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 this fella called moon 
Um, he's from South Liverpool, and we we talked about what we wanted the key imagery to be, and and, and we he, to be fair to be fair to Moon, he 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 allowed me to drive that that side of the project with him, um, and we we wanted to shine a spotlight on uh, a part of the city that maybe doesn't always get spoken about, um, and also we wanted to be a Liverpool uh, project without it having the live buildings on, so to speak. You wonder why we uprise politically unstabilised, economically destabilised, people dehumanised, youth criminalised, mentally vandalised, housing ghettoised, politically unrecognised, and you wonder why we uprise. Can I just ask what you think about the... So if you've grown up in, in the South Liverpool, what do you think about the gentrification sort of? Because I've noticed it even in the last couple of years, you know, it, it's not a decade where you notice a change. I think it's happening a lot quicker now. Um, so the likes of Granby Street and the Well Streets and um, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's it's a very interesting issue. Gentrification. I mean, <laughs> full disclosure here. <laughs> I've got a master's degree in urban design and planning, so uh, talking about cities is quite an integral part of, <laughs> of my degree. And gentrification's what, what a subject! Like. Mm. It's 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 both good and bad and 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 there's it's almost an unstoppable force, um, and I think that there's there's positives and negatives to to, to it all. Um, I think it's important that that those people who are already in the south of Liverpool who, who represent the history of that area are um, kind of want of a better word protected. Um, that the heritage of that area st- stays. However, I also believe that as a as a city, a city never stands still. And um, if you go to London, if you go to New York, it's never the same, right? And the moment a city is stagnant, you could argue that's when it's actually failing. That is true, I suppose. So I think I think the difference. Oh, New York's going through this at the moment, isn't it? With the uh, the expansion of students coming into the city, and Liverpool's very much that. You, I mean, it's just Islington Road. It's they're throwing up apartments like every other day. But I think so. My auntie was from the Boot Estate, so I remember that sort of Norris Green area at its sort of like lowest point. And I I find it fascinating the gentrification of Liverpool, and I think it's more noticeable even with the influx of students and, and the assumption that they will be Liverpool fans again, it's almost like Liverpool are tapping in on a, on a generation that will then become... It, it's fascinating to be part of it at the moment, you know. There is something about about it as well that like just leaves a sour taste in your mouth. And I, I remember it when when I used to go to university in Liverpool. Like You'd, you'd meet students and, and being of a tribal nature, I, I always did think, oh, you're just going to get off. In three years, anyway, <laughs> and and like and even in, in London, where gentrification is a big issue, and I and I'm part of that problem. Um, I'll be part of that. I I believe I'm. I'll be a part of the gentrification problem if I come to London for five, six, seven years and then get off. But if I continue to embed myself as part of this community in Hackney, mm-hmm. then I can. I can help combat the, the the negative side of gentrification. So, my my personal belief is that, um, you know, I, I live in a very diverse area, 
Um, but I can, as a, as a white male, I can challenge the, the preconceived idea that I'm just some gentr- gentrifying yuppie by, um, <laughs> by saying hello to, to my neighbour at the beginning of the day, yeah. um, asking them if they want any help carrying the bags. You know, even let, letting on to the, to, the, to, the, to the poor sod on the, you know, around the corner who I see every day. You know, like I'm on first name terms with, with some of these people because I walk past them every day. In the same breath, you'll see people, they won't, they won't acknowledge. They just come here, do the job, live in the swanky flat and then they get off after five years. And I, ne- I never want to be that. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Bringing it up. You know, that's, that's the idea, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a very, it's a very difficult. Uh, gentrification is a scary word. <laughs> I've got, I've got, we've got, we've got another scary thing coming up for you now, mate. It's not gentrification. <laughs> it's our quick fire Q and A. Um, so we're, we're just gonna we're gonna pump these out, Macker, and you can just answer as quickly as you possibly can. Flock of seagulls or China crisis? China crisis. What's your favourite pair of webs? Oh. Uh... I'll oh, just say Air Max 95s. <laughs> Not even true. <laughs> Sponsored by. Yes, but yeah, one piece of advice for aspiring musicians or, or DJs. Uh, oh, this is hard. Um, <laughs> one, piece of, one, one piece of advice. Be yourself. Be yourself. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, you're back in Liverpool, mate. What's your favourite place to go out and have, have some food? What's your favourite place to eat? Do you know what? I'll I, I just say the quarter because it's still there and it's always going to be there. It I is still there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, so we've we've walked past you in the quarter, mate. Who are you sitting there with? What's one of you? Who's the, who's, who's the scouser that you would want to go and eat there with? If you could choose any scouser, who you sat in the quarter with? Anyone. Anyone, mate. Dead or alive. Ooh. Pete not the band, not the band. <laughs> or Pete. <laughs> or Pete, yeah. Do you know what? Even though we were, we were riffing him before we started this, McCartney. Oh, McCartney. Is there a first name there, so in case we want to look him up? Or? <laughs> Stella or Paul? Uh, Paul, definitely Paul. Let's not get into this, Paul. Thing. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> the Bombed Out Church is what? The Bombed Out Church is a place in around 2014, 15, where there was loads of quite decent parties where I got off there a few times. <laughs> 1960s or 1980s? 80s. I answered that too quickly. I can see the regret. Yeah. I can see the regret in your face that you answered that so quickly. <sighs> Listener, just be lucky you weren't looking at Macker on our Zoom there. So you've got a bowl of scouts. What, what's your topping? Um, can I say just a little bit of black pepper? Oh yeah, I mean, mine mine would be mine would be lobscouse because I wouldn't, I don't eat meat, so mine mine and service is the same. Ours is beetroot. Uh, nobody's tried to go for brought it. up correct. <laughs> yeah, there's no other right answer. It's beetroot. That is the right answer. So, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> right? um, one album we should know about that we probably don't. Uh, oh, it's um. Oh, stay there, stay there. Oh God, I'm not very good at remembering um, names of albums, you know, because I just hear them. Who's the artist then? So, what, an artist who's released an album then that we should know about? Do you remember Charles and Eddie 
the the, the one hit wonder. Uh, yeah. Would yeah. I lie to that one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's an album out by Eddie of Charles and Eddie that came out the end of last year. His name's wow. Eddie Chacon or Chacon. Uh, and the album's called Pleasure, Joy and Happiness. And it's absolutely brilliant. There you go. Exclusive. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Revolver. <laughs> can't think of this album called Paul McCartney The Greatest Hits <laughs> Underrated clothing brand It's called um, A Kind of Guys It's very expensive Honey. and I don't own any of it <laughs> Yes and, and we want to say the coolest um, The coolest footballer of all time In your eyes you know what, Ronaldinho? Yeah, because yes. yeah, <laughs> just he just like he, he wasn't the best looking fella, but he still wanted to be him, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did, yeah. And he looked like he was always enjoying himself, and I love that. Market has been educational. It's been enjoyable, mate. It's been um, every, everything we wanted it to be. Really speaking to you about music, about culture, about living outside the city. Um, we'd love to have you on again at some point in the future uh, just talk about everything thank you very much for joining us um, Sean and Sarah I'll let you sort of say the final piece yeah thank you so much Maka um, just a reminder for everyone who has suffered to the end um, follow Maka on uh, nts.live um, search for him on there and um, you can find his uh, vinyl and whatnot on Bandcamp um, search him one glove so definitely have a look at that young gold whatever colour or creed you are Take a look at that. Thanks again. For all the weirdos. Up the weirdos. Yeah. Cheers, Thank guys. You, Good luck with everything. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Thank you, Liverpool.